protect the people around you. Now, I don't expect this to really take root, although I would like it to, but if you're struggling with rebellion and you know that other people get caught in it, even if you don't love God and yourself enough to deal with it, try and protect other people. Now, I know it's a lot to ask because if you're in the throes of it, then most oftentimes the last person you're thinking about is anybody but yourself. But there is a part of this that's like, look, if I can make you ill, then I'm not going to do it. We all know what it's like to go to work and hear a coworker coughing, sniffling, and acting unwell. You stay away because nobody wants to get sick. Leviticus outlined steps to ward off certain illnesses, even going as far as burning clothes and linens. You hope your sick coworker would stay home. Pastor Daniel takes it a step further in his teaching today as we consider how we should be with others during a struggle with rebellion. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part three of his message entitled, Blemishes. I'm always amazed at how much people will invest for things that seem so trivial and how little we will invest for things that are so important. I think about all the hours people spend training. I think about Michael Phelps, how many hours he must have swam to win a bunch of medals. And I think about how little time I might be apt to spend on what feeds the abundant life in my life and the life of other people. Like it's the middle of football season. Like these men end up with concussions, ACL, MCL, broken legs. They train like crazy. They put their body through all these rigors for a game. And momentary glory. And we're apt to put so little energy into righting wrongs that impact eternity in our own lives. If you're here today and you're like, man, I got long term. This has been going on for a long time. God wants to deal with that as well. The old sins as well. Things that have been around forever. Let's let him deal with it. Now in verse 12, and if leprosy breaks out all over the skin and the leprosy covers all the skin of the one who has the sore from his head to his foot, wherever the priest looks, then the priest shall consider. And indeed, if the leprosy has covered all his body, he shall pronounce him clean who has the sore. It has all turned white. He is clean. But if But when raw flesh appears on him, verse 14, he shall be unclean, and the priest shall examine the raw flesh and pronounce him to be unclean, for the raw flesh is unclean, it is leprosy. Or if the raw flesh changes and turns white again, he shall come to the priest, and the priest shall examine him, and indeed if the sore has turned white, then the priest shall pronounce him clean who has the sore. He is clean. Now, Verse 12 and 13 is kind of weird, isn't it? It's like if it, if it goes everywhere, then he's clean. And the idea is, is that there are some diseases that would leave the whole body after a couple weeks and not continue. How many of you have ever had like an allergic reaction to a medicine and got hives? 
what happens? Breaks out everywhere, and then what? And then you get better. So within this, there's the provision for the fact that certain things happen, like up. How many of you guys ever had poison ivy or oak? Nasty, right? It's everywhere, and then what happens? It gets better. Once it's everywhere, it can't go anywhere else, and it runs the course. So there's the provision for the fact that, listen, sometimes stuff happens, things happen, things, you're going to break out all over the place, it's going to go everywhere. And they're like, well, if it's everywhere, it can't continue to go. It, there's no more places for it to go. Give it a little time, and they're going to get better. So it's interesting that even in the midst of this, it's already there. But notice that there's raw flesh. That what it means is that if the, the rash is gone, but it's leaving the skin, and the skin is still popping up fresh issues, then there's an issue. It's, it's reproducing itself, so to speak, on already tainted skin. There's a problem. So again, the issue is the fact that God is looking out for the well-being of the person and the well-being of the community. There are going to be times when blemishes happen. And there's sometimes you get a reaction, it's going to be everywhere, it's going to run its way through. It doesn't mean that you have to be isolated from the people, you just have to wait it out. Quite simple. Now, verse 18, if the body develops a boil on the skin and it is healed, and in the place of the boil, verse 19, there comes a white swelling or a bright spot, reddish white, then it shall be shown to the priest. And if when the priest sees it, it Indeed, appears deeper than the skin, and its hair has turned white. The priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous sore which has broken out on the boil. But if the priest examines it, and indeed there is no white hairs in it, and it is not deeper than the skin, but is faded, then the priest shall isolate him seven days. And if it should at all spread over the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous sore. But if the bright spot stays in one place and is not spread, it is the scar of the boil, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Now, the idea of boil, it's, it speaks for Job's affliction. And it was also, remember, it was one of the ten plagues of Egypt, the idea of a boil. It really speaks of a, a type of a raised inflammation of the skin. Now, I just want you to know, as we're going through this, I want to thank you guys for praying for me. I mean, I get to be dermatologist today. You know, it's like, it's amazing all these different, they were talking boils and this and that and full body rashes. Got to love God's word, you know. But the idea here is that, again, there's going to be sometimes when a boil, some sort of a raised inflammation is going to happen. The question is, is it, is it skin deep or is it something deeper? Again, the white hair on the end of it shows that it's impacting the hair follicles, things like that. After you have a boil, there might be a scar. So again, all of this stuff goes through. And the issue is, is it a heart condition? Is it a deeper issue? Or is it just something that happened on the skin? Because stuff happens. You might be cooking something and you burn yourself and you get a little raised pocket of skin because you burn yourself and oh, it's leprosy, is it? Well, oh, and they go look at the priest and say, oh yeah, you got burned. Okay, we're going to watch you. Oh yeah, everything's fine. Oh, you have a scar from it. Listen, we're not going to worry about it you got to realize that although it sounds primitive, this is actually quite deep. I was reading some articles by, by dermatologists and doctors looking at all these things and saying, although primitive compared to the language that we would use today, there's a, this is very specific ways to diagnose what's going on and is it something that will spread within the community. So in some ways you could say, this is the first medical journal that we have because God is concerned with keeping everybody healthy. So we have a boil. And you can see why it keeps being said it's a leprous sore. 
But all these look different. And that's why I said in the beginning that there's a good chance that, that the word that we use for leprosy is not only what we would consider classical leprosy, but it's all these different skin diseases because one hits the whole body, one pops up as a boil, one pops up as this, as that, one spot all over the place. There's all these different types, but they're all called the same thing. There's this sort of a skin ailment. There's an, there's an issue there. Now, verse 24. Or if the body receives a burn on its skin by fire and the raw flesh of the burn becomes a bright spot, reddish white or white, verse 25, then the priest shall examine it. And indeed, if the hair of the bright spot is turned white and appears deeper than the skin, it is leprosy broken out in the burn. Therefore, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous sore. But if the priest examines it, and indeed there is no white hairs on the bright spot, and it is not deeper than the skin, but has faded, then the priest shall isolate him seven days, and the priest shall examine him, verse 27, on the seventh day, if it has at all spread over the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous sore. But if the bright spot stays in one place and is not spread on the skin, but has faded, it is a swelling from the burn. The priest shall pronounce him clean, for it is a scar from the burn. So again, now we get to the idea of a burn, but the burn could be the beginning of an issue. How many people have had like a burn happen and all of a sudden it gets infected? Or something goes on deeper than that. So uh, a simple burn could be a vehicle for something greater. Now, I haven't, got, I haven't said this yet, but I was waiting for a, a good time to bring it up. Do you notice that every time the priest comes, he inspects them? For, and how long is the inspection? Seven days. After seven days, you're declared either clean, unclean, or we're going to see again in seven days. Do you think the seven days is significant? Absolutely. Why? Because after seven days, you could be declared a new creation. Think about the seven days of creation. It's not by chance. Think about the seven days of creation. God rested on the seventh day. Don't miss the fact that when Jesus died and rose again, when did Jesus rise again? Did he rise again on the Sabbath day? No. He rose again on the first day of the new week. Why we worship on Sundays? Because it's a brand new creation. There were seven days of creation. Jesus rose again on the first day. New creation. If anyone's in Christ, they are a new creation. Remember the priests began? Seven days of isolation. They began on the next day because they're a recreation. So even in the readmittance of people to the community of faith, after having some sort of an ailment, it always happens on the first day of the week. The new creation. Don't miss that. It's not by chance that it's seven days. It's a powerful picture that we find in the Bible. It's a new creation. Now, verse 29. If a man or woman has a sore on the head or the beard. That's why we have beards. Come on. Anyway. All right. I don't even know why I stopped. I just, you guys laughed and it worked. Okay. Verse 30, then the priest shall examine the sore, and indeed if it appears deeper than the skin, and there is thin yellow hair, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a scaly leprosy on the head or beard. But if the priest examines the scaly sore, and indeed it does not appear deeper than the skin, and there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall isolate the one who has the scale seven days. And on the seventh day, the priest shall examine the sore, 
And indeed, if the scale has not spread and there is no yellow hair in it, and the scale does not appear deeper than the skin, he shall shave himself, but the scale he did not shave. But the scale he shall not shave. And the priest shall isolate the one who has the scale another seven days. On the seventh day, the priest shall examine the scale. And indeed, if the scale has not spread over the skin, does not appear deeper than the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. He shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scale should at all spread, verse 35, over the skin after the, his cleansing, then the priest shall examine him. And indeed, if the scale has spread over the skin, the priest need not seek for yellow hair. He is unclean. But if the scale appears to be at a standstill and there is black hair grown up in it, the scale has healed, he is clean, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Now, some of your translations use the word scale like mine does. Others use the word itch, which feels more awkward than scales, but we'll leave it what it is. The idea is that now if there's something on here, now you have to realize this whole idea about on the beard, in Near Eastern culture, people didn't shave. It was like Portland long before Portland was Portland. You know, it's like, it's like it was very normal for people to grow beards. It was, if you go to the Mediterranean culture, the hairy dudes, I'm, I come from that kind of a region. So People were, were more hairy then. And what's interesting is you notice there's a lot of black hair because when you lived in the Mediterranean, that Near Eastern region, there wasn't a lot of blonde hair, blue-eyed people. No matter what European art says about the way Jesus looked, he probably didn't have feathered blonde hair and blue eyes. It's just, when was the last time you met a Jewish or a Palestinian man with blonde hair and blue eyes? It's not normal. So the fact that it's a blonde hair or a yellow hair that's more of like the, the, the northern look, not the Mediterranean look. So it was much more common. If you go to, to Israel today, you go to the Palestinian region, everyone's dark hair, dark beards, dark everything. And so the idea here is that if you have something on your head or on your beard, they would check that sore. Is it spreading? Is it affecting how nice your beard is colored or whatever? And then we start dealing with it. Now, you have to realize that in that culture, because shaving in that way was not common, when somebody came shaved, they knew something was up. It just wasn't common. People had a lot of facial hair there. And so the fact that they would make them shave, in some ways, it speaks again to a new creation. Why? Because for, in a hairy culture, when everyone's fully shaven, they look like a baby again. There is a symbolic piece to this that when someone would come in a culture where everyone's got these big, serious beards, you know what I mean? They all of a sudden they come up, they got no hair, they got, they got, they're finally shaven. It's like they look like a little kid all over again. And so, again, God is concerned if there's on your head, on your beard, if there's a face sore, there's a problem. Now, we go on and we continue. Verse 38, if a man or a woman has bright spots on the skin of the body, specifically white bright spots, then the priest shall look, and indeed if the bright spots on the skin of the body are dull white, it is a white spot that grows on the skin. He is clean. As for the man whose hair has fallen from his head, he is bald, but he is clean. <laughs> I have a friend of mine, his name is uh, Pastor Bill Welch. He pastors a church in Huntington Beach. 
And Bill Welsh, he was a missionary in Australia, and he's a great pastor, and he's a phenomenal musician. And he actually was at a conference where he did a song on this. And the chorus of the song is, he is bald, but he is clean. And I'm going to have to have Pastor Bill come up one of these days. He'll, I will have him sing this. I keep telling me I want him to do a whole album of Leviticus songs. But I'll just be honest with you. If, if, when I bald, that's going to be my life verse right there. And so, it, listen, if, if God has, at this point in your life, made you um, follically challenged, just, just embrace that business. Just say, hey, Leviticus 13, verse 41, he whose hair has fallen from his forehead, he is bald, but he is clean. Amen? Yeah. You know, I had to stop on that verse. I love that verse. So good. You notice there's not like if he has dreadlocks, then he is clean. And we'll work on that one for the next go around. That's a whole other discussion for another day. Okay. Now I'm off the rails. Go. Okay. Verse 41. He whose hair, oh, we already said that. We'll say it again. He whose hair has fallen from his forehead, he is bald on the forehead, but he is clean. What that means is that if you end up with like the, the bows of the clown look where you got it around the sides, but you're, you're light on top, it's all good. Bald, but clean. No problem. Verse 42. And if there is on the bald head or bald forehead a reddish white sore, it is leprosy breaking out on his bald head or his bald forehead. Then the priest shall examine it. Indeed, if the swelling on the sore is reddish white on his bald head or on his bald forehead as the appearance of leprosy on the skin of the body. He is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall surely pronounce him unclean. His sore is on his head. Now, I love these verses. Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean, he shall be unclean all the days. He has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean, and he shall dwell alone, his dwelling shall be outside the camp. So now, notice, you have the idea, if someone's balding, it's okay. So what he's saying is if you lose all your hair, it's okay as long as there's not leprous sores, some sort of skin condition. Now, at the end of that, we get the reality that for somebody who has some sort of a skin ailment that is a communicable disease, they need to let people know before they come in contact with them. The idea of covering his mustache is a Hebrew way of saying you need to cover your mouth so you don't spread the disease. And you need to yell out, unclean, unclean. And you need to be separated from the people. So that's a summary statement for anybody who has any of the different forms of blemishes that are communicable. You needed to protect the people around you. Now, I don't expect this to really take root, although I would like it to. But if you're struggling with rebellion and you know that other people can get caught in it, even if you don't love God and yourself enough to deal with it, try and protect other people. Now, I know it's a lot to ask, because if you're in the throes of it, then most oftentimes the last person you're thinking about is anybody but yourself. But there is a part of this that's like, look, if I can make you ill, then I'm not going to do it. And so, so for somebody who was diagnosed with a communicable skin disease, they would protect other people by not breathing on them, staying at a distance, living apart and saying, look, I am unclean. I care about you enough not to want to see you get hurt. 
Now, I realize that's a tall order to ask because most often when you're in the throes of rebellion, you're not really caring about anybody else. That's why you're doing it. But just by chance, if someone might be looking out for someone, it's a great thing to do. Now, verse 47. Now we're moving from actual skin blemishes to when there's some sort of a growth on a garment. Look what it says. Also, if the garment has a leprous plague in it, whether it is a woolen garment or a linen garment, whether it is in the warp or the woof of linen or wool, whether it is leather or in anything made of leather, and if the plague is greenish or reddish in the garment or in the leather, whether in the warp or the woof, or in anything made of leather, it is a leprous plague and it has and shall be shown to the priests. Verse 50, the priest shall examine the plague and isolate that which has the plague seven days. And he shall examine the plague on the seventh day if the plague is spread in the garment, either in the warp or in the wolf, in the leather or in anything made of leather, the plague is an act of leprosy, it is unclean. He shall therefore burn that garment in which is the plague, whether warp or wolf, in wool, and in the linen or anything leather, for it is an act of leprosy, and the garment shall be burned with fire. So now, now what we find here is that there not only could people carry some sort of a communicable disease, but also linen, wool. Notice that they wore leather because the children of Israel were mad styly or something like that. So there's a lot of different ways for illnesses to be carried about. So like, you know, how many times have you been sick and after you're done being sick, you wash your sheets that you were sleeping in? Why? Because you know that there's a chance some garbage could have gotten on there and everyone else could get sick. So again, if there's a garment, if there's some sort of a something on it, they needed to check it out. If it was spreading, they burned it, they discarded it. Or if it ended, they washed it and they put it back in circulation. Pretty simple. Again, just normal cleanliness. And so, verse 53, but if the priest examines it, and indeed the plague has not spread in the garment, either in the warp or the wolf, or in anything made of leather, then the priest shall command that they wash the thing, in which is the plague, and he shall isolate it another seven days. Verse 55, then the priest shall examine the plague after it has been washed, and indeed, if the plague has not changed its color, though the plague has not spread, it is unclean and you shall burn it in the fire it continues eating away whether the damage is outside or inside if the priest examines it and indeed the plague has faded after washing it then he shall tear it out of the garment whether out of the warp or out of the wolf or out of the leather verse 57 but if it appears again in the garment either in the warp or in the wolf or in anything made of leather it is a spreading plague and you shall burn it with fire that in which is the plague. And if you wash the garment, either warp or wolf, or whatever is made of leather, if the plague has disappeared from it, then it shall be washed a second time and shall be clean. Verse 59. This is the law of the leprous plague in a garment of wool or linen, either in the warp or wolf, or in anything made of leather to pronounce it clean or to pronounce it unclean. Jesus is real. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with some important information about his book entitled, Honestly, Getting Real About Jesus and Our Messy Lives. Thanks, Josh. 
Writing my second book honestly, getting real about Jesus in our messy lives was a huge milestone for me. It personally helped me to clarify some of the meaning behind the mess of this life. I talk about acknowledging the mess, finding resolution, pursuing God, and finally about the love that Jesus has for us. I'm so excited about this book and I want to make sure that every Jesus is Real radio listener has a copy. I'm going to pass things over to Josh. He's going to tell you how to get your very own copy of Honestly. Thanks, Pastor Daniel. Honestly, getting real about Jesus and our messy lives is an insightful, simple-to-read book that helps make sense of the messiness we call life. We know Jesus never promised that our lives would be pain-free, but He did promise that He would always be there with us while in the midst of the mess. We want to make sure and get a copy of Honestly into your hands. Throughout the month of February, we are offering Daniel's book, Honestly, Getting Real About Jesus and Our Messy Lives, to anyone who supports Jesus is Real Radio with a gift of $20 or more. Your support helps us continue this important ministry and even expand. It's pretty simple. Check out JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on the Partner option in the main menu. There you can give your gift of $20 or more. And again, we'll send you your very own copy of Honestly, Getting Real About Jesus and Our Messy Lives as a thank you for your support. Again, to partner with us, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on Partner to get your copy of Honestly, Getting Real About Jesus and Our Messy Lives. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we want to thank you for joining us today and may God bless you. Where we need